Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan daily. Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen are now deep in a baffling mystery which centers about the sacred black pearl of Osiris, an Egyptian god. Now, with the mystery thickening, it appears that even Tumbleweed Jones, Jimmy's cowboy friend, is involved. For an unknown stranger is on his trail. As our last episode ended, Tumbleweed and Jimmy were talking together in Clark Kent's apartment when a gangster named Sleepy entered, locked Jimmy in a closet, and then ordered Tumbleweed to come with him. Our scene is now Kent's apartment a few moments later. Listen. You sure that kid's going to be all right in that closet? Oh, you got nothing to worry about, Mr. Jones. The kid will be plenty okay. He's comfortable. He's got plenty of air. Now, come on, get them shoes on, and let's go. Where are you taking me? You'll find out. Well, then, why are you taking me? For 500 bucks. Man, you mean to say somebody's paying you 500 bucks to corral me like this and take me to him? That's right. Well, I sure can't blame you. For 500 bucks, I'd be happy to go and see him myself. But now, by jingle, that beats everything holler. What does? Why, anyone in his rotten mind would pay all that money just to get his hands on me. What have I got that he wants? Just from looking at you, I wouldn't know, pal. Come on, get those shoes on. I'm tired. I want to go home to bed. Now just take it easy, friend. My feet's all swole up from keeping them in that dark basin in the hot water. Besides that, I got a bullet wound in my leg. You have? That's news to me, pal. How'd you get it? Oh, there was some Egyptian fella trying to get rough with a gal named Sidney Rycroft. She's an English explorer. Seems as how this here Egyptian fella calls himself Humi. Huh? Now, ain't that a peculiar name? Sure is, homie. <laughs> Them Egyptians. Yeah. Man. Well, uh, this here Egyptian fella thought she had the black pearl of Osiris, or Osiris, or whatever it is. Sure I am. Uh, what's that? I said, sure I am. Sure you are what? Serious. Oh, no, 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 you got it wrong. I said this here Egyptian fella thought the girl was in possession of the sacred black pearl of Osiris. Oh, excuse me, I was yawning at the time. I didn't hear you playing. Go on. Well, then, pay attention. Well, just as I arrived on the scene, the gal had held up the Egyptian with a gun. But he got the gun away from her and shot me with it. The Egyptian fella shot you with the dame's gun, huh? That's right. That's how come I got a bullet in my leg. Right here, the arm in it. Very interesting. You got your shoes on? Yep. Reckon how I'm ready to go with you. And I suggest we get started. And I suggest you stay. Why, what in darnation? Oh, no, what is... I have you both covered. Go. Drop your gun. Oh, wait a minute, pal. Drop it. <laughs> I should argue. Say, hold on here. I recognize you, mister. You're the guy that shot me in the leg. Your name's Humi. I compliment you on your memory, Effendi. How'd you get here? How'd you get out of that room where... where Superman locked you up? Your amazing friend, Superman, as you call him, neglected to search my men and myself. We were able to pick the lock on the door of that room and make our escape. As to how I got here, most probably by the same method employed by this gangster through the fire escape. Now, look, pal, but the... I will do all the talking necessary. Right. You, Mr. Tumbleweed Jones, you are coming with me. Now, hog tie me for a loco bronc. You mean to say you want me to? 
Does there appear to be anyone else who wants you, Tumbleweed? What do you think this here sleepy hombre was holding me up for? He wanted to take me to somebody that's willing to pay $500 for me, dead or alive. Maybe I'd better start bargaining here. How much you willing to pay for me? Come on, gentlemen, just step right up. $500 bid, do I hear six? Do I hear six? you fool, the humor of the situation does not strike me. I am not interested in what business others may have with you. I only know that you are coming with me, and that you are coming now. I ain't too sure about that. Let me, let me remind you that I, too, can use you, dead or alive. Now I'm sure. I reckon it's how I better go. Now, if you just give me time to get my head and Hi, Ken. Looking for Editor White? Yes. Is he in his office? No, but the guy I wanted to see about is uh, White said to tell you to go out on in. Him back in a little while. Okay, thanks, Jack. Oh, so it's you. Hello, Mr. Ken. Yes, it's I, Mr. Sidney Rycroft. Still insisting that you are actually Sidney Rycroft, eh? And who has a better right than I, Mr. Kent? There's a girl who also goes by the name of Sidney Rycroft. Oh, yes, yes. That rather mythical creature you claim to have met. There's nothing mythical about her, and I did meet her. I can prove that. Jimmy Olsen and Tumbleweed Jones, a friend of mine, have also met her. I don't believe anyone, especially Editor White, puts much stock in either young Jimmy or Tumbleweed Joe. That doesn't matter to me. I know that girl exists, Rycroft, even if no one will believe me. If this girl, Mr. Kent, this uh, Sidney Rycroft, really does exist outside your imagination... Why don't you produce her? Why don't you bring her here? I'd like nothing better than to meet her face to face. I can't bring her here because I don't know where she is at the moment. Extraordinary. I wouldn't exactly call it that. I went to her hotel yesterday to talk to her. And the desk clerk told me that she had never been registered there. Oh, I see. You still believe the girl actually exists, eh? I certainly do. And further than that, I believe someone is trying to make me think she doesn't. Would I be wrong in saying that someone might be you? Naturally. But then, of course, you don't believe that either. What do you know about the sacred black pearl of Osiris? Why, why, nothing. Nothing at all. You're lying, Rycroft, or whatever your name is. How dare you? Very well, Kent. You've taken no trouble to hide the fact that you dislike me. Let me suggest that you let this dislike ripen into a good, strong hatred, and we'll start even. Good day, Mr. Kent. When Editor White returns, tell him I shall see him tomorrow. Needless to say, when I do see him, you will find yourself without a job. I'm right about him. I know I'm right. He's no more Sidney Rycroft than I am. It's the girl's story, I believe. Ah, the girl. I've got to find out what's happened to her. Why she's vanished, too. Clark Kent speaking. Oh, hello, Chief. Yes, I've been waiting for you here. You'll be a little while longer, eh? All right. But what's that? Oh, uh, no, no, he decided to go along. He said he couldn't wait. Well, he said he'd be in to see you in the morning. He's got something of uh, importance to tell you. Yeah. Okay, Chief. Uh, I, I guess I'll be here when you get back, yes. All right, so long. Uh, I wish I could figure this thing out. There seem to be so many questions to be answered. Which of these two, the girl or the man, is really Sidney Rycroft? Who's actually got the sacred black pearl of Osiris? Who's trying to get hold of Tumbleweed and why? And, and what... Uh, Ken, there's a cablegram for you. It just came in over the wires. Cablegram? Yeah, from London. 
Okay, thanks, Jack. Well, don't mention it. Cablegram from London. This must be an answer to my cable to the Explorers Club in London. Uh, let's see now. There we are. Apply your cable. Your question most unusual. Sidney Rycroft is a woman, of course. I was right. I knew I was right. The girl is Sidney Rycroft. And the man who just left here is an imposter. Well, now we're beginning to get somewhere. Now I'll really be able to think that. So at last, the question of Sidney Rycroft's identity is answered. Clark Kent knows now that the British explorer is really a woman. Meanwhile, back at Kent's apartment, Tumbleweed Jones, at the point of a gun, prepares to leave with the Egyptian named Humi. Listen. Well, now, I reckon it's how I'm ready to go along with you, Mr. Humi. Excellent, Effendi. I admire you for your reasonable attitude in this matter. Brother, when you got a gun pointing at you, you got to be reasonable. Well, I guess we better get going. Hey, wait. Before we go, I must be sure our gangster friend does not follow. See you. Uh, uh, what do you want? You will do me the favor to step into that closet. Hmm? I will lock the door on you. Effendi Jones and myself will be far from this place by the time you escape. Wait a minute. There's a boy in that closet. A boy? Yep. This guy here, what held me up the first time, had kind of the same idea. He put young Jimmy Olsen in that closet just to keep him safe till we got away. I see. Well, in that case, we will lock him in this other closet. Uh, you, Tumbleweed, you uh, open the closet door and put him inside. That'll be kind of a pleasure. All right, you, just step in here. I'll be happy to. I can curl up and take a nap till somebody lets me out. That's okay with me. In you go. Suffering Kyle. I ain't never seen no one as sleepy as that there fella. You talk too much. Lock that closet door. Okay, offended. Now, you just let me uh, turn out these lights in here. I reckon that's how we'll be ready to depart. Never mind the lights. Listen to me. We shall go down on the elevator. I shall be holding the gun in my pocket. Say, uh, that's the gun you shot me in the leg with, ain't it? That's the gun you took away from Miss Rycroft. You stall for time, Mathende. Listen. If on the elevator you make one false move, just one, this time my bullet will not find your leg, but your heart. Now then, let us... Supper and Kyle. The lights. It is pitch dark in here. Come on. Something shot that lamp right off the table. By jumping Jenny Renz, it won't me. I know it was not you. There is someone else in this room. And whoever it is, he does not leave here alive. Who is it? Who shot out that lamp? Answer me. Drop your gun, Effendi. And drop it quickly. Supper and Kyle. Out of the darkness of the room comes a strange whisper. Who is the Whisperer? What new unexpected twist has our mystery taken? And what of Superman? Will he bring this case to a successful conclusion? Be sure to hear the next thrill-packed episode of our story with Superman. And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine.
Sun. January 29th, 1941. The Black Pearl of Osiris 7. Welcome to Superman Radio Revisited. I am your host, Matt. I looked up what who what Osiris was the god of, and I'm just going to read it here. Osiris is the god of the afterlife in Egyptian mythology. Osiris is the god of fertility, agriculture, the afterlife, the dead, resurrection, life, and vegetation in ancient Egyptian religion. He was classically, de- classically depicted as a green-skinned deity with a pharaoh's beard, partially mummy-wrapped at the legs, wearing a distinctive Atef crown, and holding a symbolic crook and flail. He was one of the first to be associated with the mummy wrap. I just thought I would... Even though Osiris really doesn't play into this, I wanted to say what the Egyptian god Osiris was believed to be. And also, in the narration of this episode... When it says, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan daily. And I believe at the in the last episode when he was leaving his apartment on his way to the Daily Planet, I think it said that he was disguised as Clark Kent on his way to the Daily Planet. And I just wanted to stress that, how it says, disguised as Clark Kent. And basically saying... Superman is the real identity in the radio serial at this point. Hearing that, reflecting on that, I just was reminded of a scene, some dialogue from the movie Kill Bill Volume 2, directed by Quentin Tarantino. And so I thought I would just play a some that clip. It's from Bill, played by David Carradine. Superhero mythology is there's the superhero and there's the alter ego. Batman is actually Bruce Wayne. Spider-Man is actually Peter Parker. When that character wakes up in the morning, he's Peter Parker. He has to put on a costume to become Spider-Man. And it is in that characteristic Superman stands alone. Superman didn't become Superman. Superman was born Superman. When Superman wakes up in the morning, he's Superman. His alter ego is Clark Kent. His outfit with the big red S. That's the blanket he was wrapped in as a baby when the Kents found him. Those are his clothes. What Kent wears, the glasses, the business suit, that's the costume. That's the costume Superman wears to blend in with us. Clark Kent is how Superman views us. And what are the characteristics of Clark Kent? He's weak. He's unsure of himself. He's a coward. Clark Kent is Superman's critique on the whole human race. Well, that's one way to look at it, but I would say that Radio Superman arrived on Earth as a man as he was hovering above a road in Indiana, I want to say, in the second episode of the radio serial. And in the comic books at this point, 
it was established that he had made his costume. So there's no indication Radio Superman had the Kents at all, as it seems like the first people he talked to was the people he saved from that train in that second episode. But moving into the episode, prop this episode, at the beginning when Tumbleweed's wanting, or sleep, Sleepy Sam's wanting Tumbleweed to get going because he's going to take him to the guy that hired him for $500 and Tumbleweed figures out that and he's like, well, no wonder you want me to go with you and he's saying it'll take him some time because he has, you know, he was shot in the leg and Sleepy Sam's wondering about that and so Tumbleweed's giving him the story about how that all happened but as he's explaining everything, uh, then Sleepy Sam's getting tired and he's yawning and it seems like conversation and maybe this is tumbleweed's ploy is like sleepy sam's kryptonite and maybe tumbleweed wants him to fall asleep these are not boring stories you know talking about how you got shot and some exciting stuff and previous the guy that sleepy sam's working for in another episode when he was telling him about Superman flying down and rescuing Tumbleweed, you know, that's that was also making him yawn. And these are very exciting stories. So anyway, I think I'm getting ahead of myself by saying that that might be Sleepy Sam's kryptonite. That's because kryptonite is not a thing yet. We will discover that in the radio show. I don't know if I'll get that far with this podcast but i hope to so we'll see that should be very that'd be one of the highlights that i'd like to cover so as they're getting going about to leave and then whom shows up so myra's probably happy my guest from last episode my sister she was saying you know she wanted to know what was going on with whom so He's back. He wants to take Tumbleweed, and Tumbleweed's like wanting to auction himself off between Sleepy Sam and Humi, which is kind of funny. But uh, Humi is not amused. And then Tumbleweed, you know, he's like, I recognize you. And Humi compliments him on his memory. But I would say it's not that impressive. If somebody shot me in the leg, I think I would remember who shot me in that leg. And so Clark, meanwhile, we're transitioning now. And Clark is talking to the man who's claiming to be Rycroft. And he's not so mild-mannered in this scene. Clark is telling him about Sidney Rycroft, the woman that he had met. And he's saying how he thinks that She's the real Sidney Rycroft, not him. And the the Mr. Rycroft, in quotes, he's saying he would like nothing more than to meet her. And he seems pretty smug about the fact that Clark doesn't know where she is. And as they're talking, he does say my favorite line. And I'll play that clip now. Very well, Kent. 
You've taken no trouble to hide the fact that you dislike me. Let me suggest that you let this dislike ripen into a good, strong hatred, and we'll start even. So the man claiming to be Sidney Rycroft ends up leaving the office, but he tells Clark that he's going to see Perry the next day and that Clark will be out of a job. Then Clark does get a call or a cablegram and finds out that from the Explorers Club in London that Sidney Rycroft is a woman. So now he really thinks that that man, there's something up with him. And he gets a phone call from Perry and he's saying he'll wait for him in Perry's office. And Humi, moving back to Humi and Tumbleweed now, he's going to put a sleepy Sam in a closet, but Tumbleweed lets him know Jim's in the closet. So he puts him in a different closet, and that was great because Sleepy Sam, he's not going to be worried about, he seems actually excited about it, and now we know why he thought it was such a great deal for Jim to be in a closet that he could take a nap, because that's exactly what he wants to do. He's like, could I just get a blanket and a pillow? And he is going to be on cloud nine there, just taking a nap. You'd think he'd want to escape because... He's that torpedo, and, you know, wrong person finds him. But anyway, so he, then Tumbleweed is saying how he ain't, he ain't never seen no one as sleepy as that there fella. And that was a triple negative that he unleashed there. So that would mean he has not seen anyone so sleepy. And then... The Humi, as Tumbleweed's like getting his boots, getting his hat or whatever, just seems to be taking a long time. And Humi's getting more and more restless with him. And But then Tumbleweed is going to go along with him. And then I have another next clip. Well, now I reckon it's how I'm ready to go along with you, Mr. Humi. Excellent, Effendi. I admire you for your reasonable attitude in this matter. Brother, when you got a gun pointing at you, you got to be reasonable. Well, I guess we better get going. As they're about to leave, there's a gunshot, and the lamp is shattered that was on the table, sending the room into darkness. So they can't see who it is, and then they're like, who turned out the lights? And... Humi actually threatens the shooter, and we hear a whisper. Who is the whisperer? Well, I think it's Superman, because they are in Clark's apartment. And even though that we left Clark, and they had him, I think it was like a red heron there saying he was going to wait for Perry in the office. I think it kind of sounds like Bud Collier. Other options would be like the fake Sidney Rycroft, who I think is also the mystery man that hired Sleepy Sam. Or a real twist would be if it is, you know, the woman, Sidney Rycroft. But let's see what you think. I'll play that whisper. Who is it? Who shot out that lamp? Answer me. Drop your gun, Effendi. And drop it quickly. That about concludes my commentary on this episode.
but we're just left with a couple questions. One would be, why do they want tumbleweed? I think maybe that part has something to do with the fact that he was arrested toward the beginning of this storyline. Maybe while he was in jail, something with this black pearl could have been planted on him. I don't know. That's all I got there. And the other question would be, if Clark wants to find Sidney Rycroft, the woman, I think a good place to start would be that man who's claiming to be Sidney Rycroft, since he seemed to think Clark had, he knew, seemed to know that Clark did not know where she was, could not produce her. So I think maybe he might have an idea where she is. And last episode, I just wanted to go back to that because how I mentioned at one point that there were conflicting reports of whether or not Jerry Siegel's father, Michael, died due to being shot during a robbery at his haberdashery or if it was a heart attack. But after the episode, I remembered an interview on another podcast called The Thrilling Adventures of Superman hosted by Michael Bradley. And he had an interview with Mark Tyler Nobleman where Mark was saying in his research for his book Boys of Steel, he discovered that Michael did die during a robbery, but it was due to a heart attack. He was not shot. And in his research, he was able to get, like, the coroner's report, police report. And because I'm bringing up that podcast, I wanted to also plug it. Because it's a great resource for Golden Age Superman. For the early adventures. And I'll probably... Uh, I've listened to every episode of that one, and I will give I've given it a five star review, and I will play that promo at the end of the episode. I do highly recommend that book, Boys of Steel, by Mark Tyler Nobleman. It's a great biography of both Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. And getting back to the host of the Thrilling Adventures of Superman, Michael Bradley, he also on Twitter does Siegel and Schuster Mythmakers, which is well worth following if you're interested in Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster's works and not just Superman, but a biography of sorts of their lives and different stories and accomplishments that they've had. And the Thrilling Adventures of Superman as well as another podcast, Golden Age Superman, hosted by John Wilson were both great guides for me as I was going through the golden age of Superman. And both podcasts appear to be dormant, unfortunately, as far as new episodes go, but they're still great resources. I do love both of those podcasts, and they were both inspirations for Superman Radio Revisited. And Michael also has a great website called greatcrypton.com. I thought Golden Age Superman was lost to me, and I was bummed because I hadn't listened to the whole run. But it's not currently available on iTunes. But I figured out through an app called Podcast Addict, I can listen to the remaining episodes that I haven't yet. So I'm excited about that. 
and I will probably play his promo at the conclusion of next episode. Thank you for listening to Golden Age Superman. Superman was created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. Theme song is Now Raise the Gods by Man's Ear. And if you want to get in touch with the show, there's a variety of ways to do that. Uh, There's a Facebook group called Superman Radio Revisited. And on Twitter, I'm at Radio Superman. And if you want to send a voice message that I can play on the show, you may do so through the Anchor app, which is free to download. Thank you and goodbye. Nobody's going to be looking at your face. Mom? Well, they don't call them tights for nothing. (laughs) Presenting The Thrilling Adventures of Superman, a podcast looking at the Man of Steel's history via his earliest adventures in comics, radio, and film. Featuring reviews, commentary, creator spotlights, and more. Join the adventure at greatcrypton.com.